Abba Yahweh, your day, your truth, your knowledge, and your wisdom, you share with me so that I can share with others. Lead me in your truth, your truth from your word and coming from your knowledge that you impart with the Holy Spirit that I am your conduit for this, Father God, to deliver to those that will hear and listen and heed your word, seek your truth, only your truth. So, brothers and sisters, here we are again, and this is a good place to be, and sharing in God's truth, and his knowledge and his wisdom, because that's all that I will share with you. Try my spirit, and you will see that it is so. For his truth and his knowledge is all that matters. That's all that I am about. It's my father's business, not like so many of these other individuals that will showboat and glam and glitz and these big populous displays that they put on. Now, I want you to hear me and hear me well, because this is a truth that I speak. There are individuals and God prospers them because their word is truth and it is good. And the folks will come and hear and listen to that. And they're there for that. And they're drawn to that. And there are some that have allowed themselves to become so enamored with what they see and have with their vision that they've lost their spiritual eyesight. And he becomes more about the money. So I've said this, you've heard me say it before, and I'm going to say it again because it has to do with something I'm going to share about that it's been on my heart. The Holy Spirit has brought this into my attention and something that I have been fostering and I need to repent for this because it's not a good thing it's not and i i do when i feel it coming but no one understand this where your mind is so shall your heart be and that is truth and if you go to the scriptures you will see often and often and often you go through the if you follow the rule of faith you go to the front of the Bible and you read to the back of the Bible and you go through the scriptures, you will see constantly that there are scriptures that refer to our minds, our minds, to have our minds set on the truth, to have our minds set on God, to have our minds focused on God. You must be knowledgeable of the enemy and unlike the naysayers and doom and gloomers and those that that don't want to hear about it because they only want to hear about the good stuff and they declare that talking about the devil is glorifying them. Well, those individuals are fools and they act foolishly and they don't. I have to be cautious here because I don't want to get off on a tangent about that, but you have to understand You have to have knowledge of your enemy in order to defend, okay? And that's not just the military mind that I've got and that I was trained in, but brothers and sisters, it tells us that in the Bible. There are a number of places in the Bible that talk about our mindset and having our right mind and that when we see 
Uh, well, hold on here a second. I'm going to flip over there. I didn't mark it, but I have that um, in 2 Timothy. We'll find in 2 Timothy, the first chapter. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's just one verse in one book, but there are a number of places in the Bible that talk about our mindset. And I've shared this, so you've heard me say this time and time and time again. Why is it so important? You can have a shield of faith, you have the breastplate of righteousness, and all these things can be claimed, and you have so many self-proclaimed Christians that will do that. And what they are missing, however, is the helmet of salvation. And why is that helmet of salvation? I mean, just like when I was in the military, and quite honestly, a couple times things happened pretty fast. And that important piece of equipment gets left behind, and then the next thing you know is you're unconscious in a hospital somewhere because you didn't have your helmet on. And then you're going to get taken care of and everything will be okay, but then you're going to get hounded for it. But brothers and sisters, when you forget your salvation and that Jesus Christ came for that purpose and he came for your salvation, your redemption, and he came to cleanse you by spilling his blood as a sacrificial lamb that John declared when he saw him approach the Jordan, pardon me, and Jesus was coming to be baptized of water because he wanted to lead by example. And we are told to be baptized by water. Not only baptized by water, but then spiritually baptized with the blood of Jesus as he was crucified. And that's why we are told by our Lord that we should do this continually in remembrance of him until that day that he comes, until that day that he partakes new with us in our kingdom. And I have no problem with calling it our kingdom because if you are a true believer and you are redeemed in the blood of Jesus Christ and know that he came for you and you keep on all parts of your armor that God made for you and you fight against these demonic spirits that come and you fight against the minions that come and you fight against the white noise because brothers and sisters, it is a spiritual battle. And those individuals that get up there on their stage and they allow money to, to uh, infiltrate their mindset and that their mind and then their hearts go not to the people. It's a money-making operation money-making operation, and they like that. And of course, the way it goes is the more people they have coming, the more money they get. And many of them have become that. They can repent. I despise that attitude that they have. I don't like that attitude, but for them, still gotta pray for them. Still gotta pray. They can repent. 
And remember this too, that the word repent is not some big um, thing that has to do with pomp and circumstance and banging a drum and all kinds of noise and all kinds of jumping around and chanting and all that. The word repentance, it's very simple. What this word repent means, it means to change direction or make a U-turn. Just turn around. Turn around, change your mind, and it's very important that you change your mind. You can't, it starts in your mindset. And keep that in there that I shared with you. Where your mind is, so shall your heart be, because that is a truth. And these individuals that get up there and claim to be these great pastors of the word of God that don't use the word of God, don't share the word of God, don't testify from the word of God, but they're full of things that they're saying and telling people to do. Yeah, granted, they have screens and things like that, but they can at least get, this is what I, hmm, this is why I carry the, I like the Bible in my hand. I like to have the Bible with me. I like turning the pages. With all the electronics and all these things. And and granted, I mean it's a good it's a good tool, but if you use it for a tool, but the word of God was given to us for a reason. The word of God was given to us as our guidance. It's our roadmap through life. It's an important piece of our history. Yeah, says our history. Where is our history? Our history goes, go back to the Old Testament. They say, well, my history is thus and thus and such and such, and I'm not from there, I'm from here. Ah, brothers and sisters, your history comes from your creation and your birth. And your history is such that you are, and you have the opportunity, you have, have come in and Sadly, that you may have come into a situation where you're taught wickedness and bad things and you're taught how to lie and cheat and steal and that that's a good thing to do. Because you weren't born into that and there's some people that use that as a crutch. And that bothers me deeply. They use what they were born into as a crutch. It happens when you see so many of these, and well, not, yeah, so many. There's, there's many of them, they do. They use that as a crutch when they get arrested. Oh, that's because you see me as this and this and thus and thus and that and that. And wow, wow, wow. I was born into that. It's not my fault. And oh, wait a second. So you're trying to say that because you didn't work on getting yourself out of some place and you believed all the lies that you were told and you decided to, you were going to take part in that and you decided to make the choices you made that, that somehow or another that's not your fault, that it's all of everyone else's fault that you end up in jail and all everyone else's fault that you commit crime and hurt people and steal and rob and break and destroy. No, brothers and sisters, it's not everybody else's fault. It's your fault. You've made the choice. You made the decision. God made us with a free will choice, and you have that opportunity to either choose to do right or choose to do wrong. And so many, and yeah, I use that again, so many, I hear them say that 
the children are born into. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that children are born into sin. Children are born into a world of sin, into a broken world. But what does the Bible tell us? What's the Bible tell us about the kingdom of heaven? And what did Jesus say? What did Jesus tell us? When the disciples that were with him and walking with him there tried to hold the children back from him because they, they thought in their mindset that they were gonna bother Jesus, that he was trying to teach. Jesus rebuked them immediately. Suffer not the little children to come unto me. For lest ye become as a child, ye shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Bang, bada, bang, there it goes. There's the big bang on the cymbal and the big drum roll set. There it is right there. What did Jesus say? Lest you become as a child, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? What does that translate to? That translates that children have a uh, what needs to be a blind faith. Why do you say blind faith, Raven? I say blind faith because when we are looking at things and we try to figure things out, we try to offset by what we see and get our mind involved and we need to get that out of there because we start to think and we overthink. Well, you know, yeah, my Lord is standing right there on the other side and he's telling me to jump that he's gonna have me, but but if I miss, but what if, 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 there comes that white noise interference again and it comes so fast and sometimes it just sounds like static that you cannot hear the Lord speaking when he looks at you and he smiles and he goes, tells you, go ahead and jump, I've got you, I'm right here. Wait till you hear that word and then you go and you go, you go faithfully. I've shared this with you before when my earthly father used to tell me to jump. I didn't even know that he didn't know how to swim until I had already gone and I was in the Marines and all this. And there was a time where I had become an instructor and I was teaching the young troopies. And I actually got some pretty good attaboys. Didn't get anything written up, but I didn't care. What I was enjoying was teaching them and, and seeing the grin on these grown men. And some of them were pretty bodacious individuals. And that fallacy that they all, and at first it started out, well, you know, you can't teach a black man how to swim. Black men don't swim. We just sink. And I, I would get all that. And what, what happened? And what did I, I do? I had that blink mentality that I had. And then I had that jumped into that mentalism, that judgmentalism and, and all that attitude that came up there. And then I had to dispel that. And the spirit was with me then, even then. And I wasn't walking with the Lord like I should have been. But he was still there and he was still guiding me. And I took him, I said, well, you know what? That's not true. And that's not truth. I said, I'm going to teach you how to swim. And one of my greatest accomplishments that was just so great was this young man, a big guy, very large, and had a difficult time. But when I taught him how to float on his back, and he did it, and then I got him to swim 
like he'd never done before, ever done before. And he was full of fear and he did it. And my goodness gracious, he was like a, he was like a small child accomplishing one of the greatest things that ever could be accomplished. And it was just so full of joy and happiness. And it filled me up. And by doing all that accomplishment, and see, I at that time, because I wasn't walking with the Lord as I should have been, I didn't realize that that joy wasn't, it was very contagious. Brothers and sisters, everything that we have about what God does and God is in us, it is contagious. And we should be, Awesome. Unlike all this other stuff that they try to push out, unlike these pandemic expresses that they declare. But we need to profess the word of God and we need to carry it out and pass it to everyone that is willing to hear and listen and heed what is said. We need to spread that contagion if you will, I'm going to take some liberty there and use that term, but we need to spread that. We need to spread it to whomever we can get to hear it, listen and obey. And then that next step, it's very easy to do. Just say, I do, I will, let's go. I do believe that you, my Lord, came and died for me. I will have faith in my Lord, my God, and I will have the Holy Spirit to guide my steps, let's go. I do, I will, let's go. And then the triune spirit travels with you, but you have to put that in your mindset. I'm gonna read again, 2 Timothy, first chapter seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Well, as I just sharing, get that word out there. Get the word out. Don't be ashamed of it. Nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. What is Paul talking about there? that you see through the word of God, you see what goes on everywhere you look through here and every time that you have the disciples then becoming apostles and going out and, and getting the word out. And what do you see? You see that they're being hunted, targeted, chastised. For what? For telling the truth for speaking the truth and speaking out and speaking up and being bold, courageous, and righteous and talking about God, repentance, redemption through the blood of Jesus, and for speaking the truth and being about God's business, they were reviled, they were hunted, they were put to death, they were put in prison, 90% of what Paul, and I don't know if that number is correct. I, I'm pretty clear. I've heard that from one of my mentors say that before. And I think that's a pretty close estimation that 90% of Paul's writings, he was either in house arrest, 
He was behind bars in Roman prisons. He was in chains by Jewish elders and their their temple guards, those individuals that would do whatever they have to do so that they're not... uh, Oh, and here I am. What, four days later, I remembered that word I was trying to think of, excommunicated. And those individuals fall prey to something because let me tell let me share this with you and I'm gonna I'm sure I'm gonna offend a bunch of people but I don't care. Remember I tell you I don't care all the time. And I don't care because my validation comes from the word of God and it comes from God and my Chancellor of Heaven Sent University has signed my credentials. My co chancellor or vice chancellor his only begotten son is also signed off and approved. And my Dean of Instruction and Guidance and Counseling, the Holy Spirit has signed off. So I have three very powerful signatures that are on my credentials that validate my word. And it's his word that has become, that comes out of my mouth. That's all it is. It's his truth that comes out of my mouth. So let me correct what I just said, my word. Not my words, they're his words, his truth, his validation, his truth, his knowledge, his wisdom, and his validation is all that matters to me. So I'm not worried about becoming excommunicated or to have some Yahoo that gets up on a stage and stands behind a podium and says, we're teaching the Bible wrong and we got to teach it this way because they're perverts. And those individuals that say that they have the authority and that they are God incarnate, well, you know, I got a problem there because they're elected into the position that they are by a body that comes from those individuals that are in a hierarchy of the church organization and they're elected into that position. But then they have the audacity to say that they are God incarnate on earth and that they have the direct word from God and that what they say is the law. And they make it that way. And it's very pharisaical in that attitude and they are kin to those individuals. Brothers and sisters, you have to be very cautious. So I'm not worried about being excommunicated and having all those individuals pour out their mumbo jumbo that they claim. I shared with you already, you have an individual. I didn't share him by name, but I'm going to share his name because I think it's a valuable thing. You have to be cautious. There's an individual that a lot of people follow. His name is Benny Hinn. Hinn Han, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. But the man claims to be a powerful man of God. However, when you stand upon the stage and you're supposed to be professing the word of God and you tell people in a message to your congregation and it's being televised, so basically you're putting it out to the world, that you will call down the power of God to curse any man or woman that speaks openly against my ministry Well, first of all, you are exceeding the authority that's been given to you of God and that you have failed as a hireling shepherd because that's what you are. Okay, understand this. If you're preaching and you are called to do so and that God anoints you and allows you to get up on stage and stand behind a podium and and share his word, his truth and his knowledge, and then you allow 
the white noise interference to come in and adjust what you're hearing and then you adjust your mindset and it becomes polluted and perverted and then you decide that it's your ministry and your words. Brothers and sisters, you are now usurping the authority of God and you are in very grave danger. We must never allow that to happen. This is a spiritual warfare that's spoken of in the Bible that we are reminded that we put on that armor that God made for us for this purpose. And you must be willing to do so. And there are individuals that I have had that have made it very clear that they're not willing to do that. And brothers and sisters, you have to be very careful because this tactician, this general that is in charge of the minions of hell that those minions too hear this that they are composed of actual demons that are on the spiritual plane of existence that we do not see and that god protects us from seeing them our eyes are scaled to that if you saw what was going on on that plane that happens at the same time that we're walking in this plane. If you saw it happen, oh my goodness, brothers and sisters, you would be very fearful. You would be fearful. Yes, you would, because it's greater than any Hollywood, anything that comes out of Hippocrates that, that talks about uh, ghosts and goblins and all that. You'd be scared. But because God loves us so much and he doesn't want us to be fearful, Fear he doesn't mind and he doesn't care and he knows it's going to happen in this walk. But he is our strength. And he is the Almighty. But remember this, that when you allow or you follow these individuals that are declaring that their ministry and their church and their congregation, I'm not going to allow this to happen in my church or my people and listen to what I'm telling you, well, you have to be cautious in that. There's a time for that to be spoken in that manner, and I've shared this with you before, that the Holy Spirit directs me to do that if I'm in a direct position and that it requires an admonishing word, that that's going to come straight out with speaking that way. But brothers and sisters, I have this mirror that follows my eyes all around. When I move, it moves, and so that I'm speaking to myself at the same time that I'm sharing with everyone else. And that's the way it must be for anyone. And I heard our young, uh, our, uh, oh, no, I forgot the group, that, or our high school group. There you go. Our uh, grade. And when he was sharing, what he was sharing was, was talking about that mirror that's in front of his face that he's speaking. And he's very good. He's a, he's a young guy, very young. He's got a great heart. And brothers and sisters, we have to share that way all the time. And this is why I love my pastor and, and his wife, my, my shepherd, my church's angel and the hireling that he is, and because he knows that. And he doesn't let the fact that he has a degree 
supplant his thought process, nor his wife, that they are all about us, sharing with us, and that we are all one mind and one body. The Bible tells us that. And I'm going to share some further thought process with you, brothers and sisters. You have to be the mindset that we are one in the body, and we have to keep that mindset. And we will find in Mark 10, that thing that I was sharing with you about the children. Have that faith to be able to say when God says, okay, it's going to be rough up here around that right turn. So I'm going to take you up and I'm going to give you a left turn. And he does have to do the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our guiding our steps. And you have to have faith and believe that the detour is road. But you will have those who argue against that and go, yeah, but the right-hand turn is going to save us 10 minutes. And then you go up there and you want to take a right-hand turn. And what do you do? You get into a mess. You should have paid attention and have faith that the detour is a road. And you have to do that. And children will have that blind faith. I... I was sharing with you and then I got off on a tangent about that swimming thing. I didn't know that my father did not know how to swim, but whenever he told me to go ahead and jump and he said, I have you, I'll have you, you know, I might get a little water in the face or I might get a quick dunk, but he'd always pull me right back up again. And I jumped. Why? Because he told me, he says, I have you. And I believed my father. I had faith in what he told me. And I didn't know that he didn't know how to swim. And that didn't matter to me. But I started teaching him how to swim when I came back from the Marines and I started sharing with him. And uh, we had an occasion to be at the pool and so I started trying to teach him. But you know, the thing of it is that we have to do that sometimes when God tells us that he has us and he will have us and he will take care of us, have faith that our heavenly father will and so much more so than our earthly father would ever. In Mark 10, 15, I tell you the truth that anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Just like I told you, if you don't have faith and you don't receive the truth, and this is what Jesus was talking about, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, <clears throat> that we have that in part and parcel with us, and we are told that we are, when we are saved and when we do accept that Jesus Christ is our savior and that he is the only begotten son. When we accept that, when we believe that, when we have faith in that and we share that faith through God and the Holy Spirit, when that takes place, we are heirs and joint heirs in the kingdom of heaven. And you've been saved. You must repent, you must accept, you must believe, and you must have that faith. Have faith. Brothers and sisters, hear this too, what I share with you. And there's some individuals that have a different school of thought on this. That's because they're not paying attention to truth and they're not reading the word of God and they're not following the word of God. And they'll say things like, um, well, how can a person repent? And they didn't believe in the redemption of Jesus Christ and yada, yada, yada. Wait a second, hold on. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with the broken plane of existence that we walk in and that we're, we're residing in right now, that we're here. And why was that? That was because of the broken choices that mammon made to not follow the word of God and follow his tenets and instead chose to be 
wicked and evil and mean to one another instead of loving one another because, brothers and sisters, let me tell you this right now. <laughs> and this is the truth, the word of God. If we all were treating one another as Emmanuel, God with us, God in us, and we were all treating one another that way, we wouldn't have the polluted streets we have. I mean, it's disgusting to go out in some of the areas and see all the stuff that's around here. And the way that people do, the neighbors wouldn't treat each other the way they do and wouldn't be in such disposition to other individuals that were out there. And you wouldn't be making these uh, blink judgments. I'll share that with you in a minute. but you would have faith, you would have belief, and this plane of existence that we are now would be so Edenic. And dare I say this, this is just a matter of perspective, that if we were able to do that, and we were able to do that because we followed the tenets of the Lord God Almighty, and we believe that Jesus came for that purpose, and we started treating each other that way and doing his way and no other way, that you wouldn't have governments lying and cheating their own citizens. They wouldn't be allowing their governments to give away their own country. They wouldn't be invading other countries to take what doesn't belong to them, but that's what they are. They're, they're, they're just bullying one another. Why is the Ukrainian situation as it is? Because the Ukraine belongs to Russia. It's ours, so we're going to take it. And then, of course, those people are going to defend where they've lived for so long. They've lived there and... It's unfortunate, but none of that would be happening. If we were living according to the tenets of the Lord God Almighty and we were following his way, and as soon as you slipped, immediately repent and turn around, change direction, get back on it again. And we rebuke that devil in the way that he wants to go. But here's the thing. The devil is a liar. He paints a false picture and he even gets individuals to believe. And this is, this is a hard part for individuals to understand. They don't get it. And they don't think that it's true. Well, it's true. And believe it because I share the truth and I'm not going to share anything that's not in the Bible. And I'm not going to make stuff up in order to make God's podcast better and make it more for me. It's not mine. It's his. And I've shared this with you before. It's truth that the devil, white noise, and his minions can enter the house of God. It's God's church, but they can piggyback on someone that's not having, and they're not following the tenets that they, they can come in. And it's not like in Hippocrate Wood, where the vampire steps across the threshold of a church and they turn into, all of a sudden they burst into flame and they can't come in, or they can't come in unless the door is open to them. And here's a very important thing. If you watch any of the old vampire movies, I'm going to share this with you because it's, very, it's actually very scriptural. They didn't get it from scripture, but here's the thing. That if the house is sealed, windows are closed, doors are closed, and and I've seen a, seen a number of these old. I, yeah, I'm drawn to that. Um, but here's the interesting thing that I found, and the Holy Spirit just <laughs> he just said, "Hey." 
but they cannot enter unless they're invited. If you don't invite <clears throat> that wickedness in, they can't just come in. Now, there's Apocrypha decided they didn't want to fall, but that's, that is the old legend, that they can't enter unless invited. And that is, that's old old legend. If you read to the... Uh, read the old legends of Dracul and you read the old legends of Transylvania, you will see that that's true. They cannot come in unless they're invited. And here's the thing. The minions are invited into church all the time. Oh, yes, they are. And they come in, they're not demons and they don't look like they're demons. And they're, don't, and they're not acting like they're possessed, but they carry those minions or they are in that frame because that's exactly what they are. And I say that because they're not following the tenets of God. They're following the tenets and their belief and they're doing whatever they're doing. They're not gonna. They're not gonna put on the armor. They're not gonna fight for their brothers and sisters. They're not gonna step into that gap and stand between and keep the demons and that white noise at bay. They're not gonna fight against it. They're, the shield of faith is not existent, and they whine and they cry about, "Oh, my faith is gone. You stole my faith." No, you let your faith go. Whine and cry about how the devil came in and took this and took that and, and stole that and grabbed that. And I, well, no, you let it go. You didn't hold on to it. You didn't fight for what you had been given. And when you open your hands up and you let that stuff go, it's different than when you pray to God. When you pray to God, you have to let go of certain things so that God can do what God does and that's bless you. But if you keep holding on to those things that are causing the hampering spirit to be in you and you hold on to that and then you pray because you think that God is going to wave his magic wand and it's going to go away, well, you got to let go, brothers and sisters. And I'm telling you this because I have to do that. When he brought me to this place where I am right now, I had to let go of things. And it's a better place. It's much better than where I was. And now the devil in the midst of this, he's attacking, 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 trying to get me to be in the dark and to worry and be all caught up in this stuff. And quite honestly, I have fear. Brothers and sisters, I'm 65 years old. I have no place and nothing to do, but I'm not gonna allow the fear and that white noise that Satan wants into me to stay in me. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus by faith of my Father God, I am strong because his strength is in me, not because I am strong on my own. I am weak and he is strong. And yes, Jesus loves me. In the name of Jesus, I have been given authority over the serpents and scorpions and to face down even the enemy himself that I can stand and face Satan and say, I rebuke you in Jesus' name because I have authority. Be gone and get thee behind me. Brothers and sisters, each one of you and true believers have repented and taken the salvation of Jesus Christ and you have that authority. Jesus gives us that authority. You can go to the book of Luke and you go to Luke chapter 10. You will see where Jesus tells us, I saw Satan fall from heaven as lightning. 
and you have authority to step on the heads of serpents and scorpions and to face down the enemy himself. But when you start letting go of that authority and you don't believe in that authority and you start letting go and that white noise comes in and Satan tries to get you all agitated and upset and you start letting go of those things that God gave you to have and hold on to and you let go of them in that way, uh, gonna be some problems. Have faith in God. Have faith as a child. When he says, jump, I've got you, you jump. And do so in faith and believe in the truth because God is always truth. Satan is a liar. He is a deceiver. And his desire is to separate us from that thing that we have, that God has with us and in us. And he wants us to be his child. He wants us to be in his family. He wants us to have communion with him. He wants us to be in community with one another of like mind and like spirit. And we are heirs and joint heirs in the kingdom of heaven. But Satan doesn't want us to believe that. Satan has the ability to make us think that it's the Holy Spirit talking to us. And, and that's not because Satan is any kind of great hoodoo. That's because that's our weakness that we have. We have to be strong. Put on that armor. It takes strength to wear that armor. Oh yeah, you got to be strong enough to put it on. And once you get it on, you can feel that strength and you can feel your spine straighten up and you can feel that tingling in your muscles because you're becoming strong. But remember that where that strength comes from. And always remember that helmet of salvation. Why? Because it protects that weak point of attack. And I've shared this with you before and Satan is a really good tactical general. And his army should armies he sends to attack the mindset and i shared with you shared with you and i'll share with you again that it doesn't matter what your intellectual prowess may be you may have 190 iq and you may be really really smart but one thing that i have found to be true involving in getting around people that like to sit back on their iq As they have a real problem with dealing with anybody else and others around them until they find that you're like them. And therein is the key. If you are like-minded and you have that high and mighty IQ, then they want to be around you. Take a look at all this stuff here. Take a look at everything around you. Open up your spiritual eyes and see. You have this organization called Antifa. It's a very real thing. It's not false. And if you don't believe and think like them, they beat you up. They attack you. They try to get you to believe that they don't do that when you have those that are not open-minded. But they, they come right out and they're, they're armed and they parade around and they have a very powerful organization. And if you're like-minded, then you're one of them and there you go. And... All these, uh, if you watch any of these detective shows or any of that stuff that goes on, that that the organization, the gangs, why are they so? Why are they so powerful? Why are they so strong? And why do they get away with so much until they find out and they clue? Is because they're like minded. 
They put their mind, they set their minds to their goal. Brothers and sisters, and quite honestly, in sharing that, and I'm sharing it with you right now because <laughs> the Holy Spirit just gave me a, a whap on the back and he said, there you go. And that's really powerful because here's the deal that saddens me, that unfortunately, within the body of Christ, you have too many that are not like-minded. They're so worried about how that's delivering and they're sugarcoating the gospel. They're putting honey dripping all over. Oh, you can't say it like that because somebody's gonna get offended. Well, if they get offended at the truth, that's just too darn bad. And then you say, well, that's not very Christian-like. Oh, yes, it is very Christian-like. And here's the deal. The Bible, if you pay attention to it and you read the Bible, that Jesus didn't like a lot of individuals, but he loved them. He still had compassion. And he hung on the cross and those very individuals that were chanting to crucify him and used to throw things at him and tried to throw him off the side of the cliff because he wasn't preaching according to the law of Moses that they were declaring. And what did he do? He lifted his eyes to God and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So you don't have to like, you don't have to like anybody, but love them. Love them with that that God has put into us. God is in us, he is with us and always with us and Jesus is there. You don't have to like a lot of people, but loving them is different. And you hear that often said in a relationship, when you love your wife, might not like what they're doing at a particular time, or you love your husband, but you don't like what they're doing at a particular time, because that flows in and out, but that love is constant, that love is consistent, and that love must be consistent. And when you have those that are, are working wickedness and bad, and they all are of the same mind, they're of the same, they're of the same ilk, because of the mindset that they have is all the same in their end goal. Well, brothers and sisters, within the body of Christ, we are called to be that way. Throughout the scripture, Paul writes about that in the letters all the time. And he just I just shared that with you right there in his second letter to Timothy, that God did not give us over to fear that we... We have the spirit of strength. And that we share that. We seek that. And in his letter to Titus, this is another in Titus, and we're going over to chapter two. And verse nine. And you'll find that his words are not speaking directly to mine, but this is what he's talking about. Paul's writing, says, exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things and everything that we do. And what 
Paul's talking about right there. And of course, he uses a word that I'm certain that there are going to be those that are going to get their knickers all bunched up about that. But oh, well. Seek offense and you shall surely find offense. Seek the truth and you will find the truth because it's there right in front of you. But Paul's talking about when we're, and and this is a hard thing to do, especially in this plane of existence, and I found it very difficult. That, um, but I turned it around because I had to do it according to God, not according to the mammon that we're operating this um, organization with very little fidelity or uh, integrity. And Paul's talking about this thing that we have to do it according to God. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Everyone has had, they have that knowledge and they've heard of it. But whether they accept it, they've chosen. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world. Soberly. That means that your mind is not clouded, your mind is straight, and you're able to adjust and to discern things through the word of God. And we seek that discernment so that we can, even if we have doubt, then we pray to the Holy Spirit for guidance in all things. Try the Spirit in all things. We're told that in John. John writes that in his letters, that we are to try the Spirit in all things. If there's a situation that we have certain doubt with, that we can ask the Holy Spirit's guidance. And then the Holy Spirit will lead us to the truth. And the other thing that we're told to do, and we can find this, and, and <clears throat> Paul is writing this still to Titus. And we find this in chapter 3, verse 9. But avoid foolish questions, genealogies, and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonitions reject knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself what does paul tell you there that you're going to have individuals that you're going to encounter and it will happen it's truth that they're going to want to argue they're going to want to argue against the truth they're going to want to find something to be offended by and that you might try to speak with them. Don't argue with them. And they come up with these, you know, and, and I've, I've actually seen individuals claim to be Christian where they're going back and forth with somebody and they stay going at that and then their voices get louder and louder to try to overcome the individual and then it becomes a full-blown argument but they've got the megaphone turned up so high you can't understand what either one is talking about and then the individual who's claiming to be a christian is going yeah but what if and then they start flipping through the bible real fast and looking for something and it says right here and then they go and what did paul just say right right here just told don't do that because that's not 
following the tenets that God gives to you. That's not showing love. And what's the best thing to do when you get into a situation like that, which is, okay, I'm going to be praying for you every day like I do to all my brothers and sisters. You have a good day. And I'm, I'm sorry that what we were talking about got you upset. Any, any way that you want to cut off, any way that you want to break away, and any way that you can possibly find to not leave that edge frayed and then immediately pray. So you pray going into a situation. You pray during the situation. Remember what I shared with you? I shared this really important thing. And you can shoot these off. Bullet prayers. This is what I, I call them because they're really fast. And they don't have to be a lengthy dissertation in order for the Holy Spirit to hear you and understand. You're speaking to him and he hears you. As soon as you say, Spirit, give me this truth. Give me, man, as soon as you say, Spirit, I'm calling anything at all, that, that buzzer's ringing. And you can plug straight into that and he's immediately picking up the receiving end. Immediately receiving and immediately responding. Holy Spirit, I need your strength in this. This is gonna be a hard one. Boom, right there. And you pray during and you pray afterwards and afterwards you say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that it got you upset and, and I'm gonna go ahead and leave now. I'll be praying for you. Or sometimes what will happen, which is really a great thing, is I'm sorry, and can we just pray? And Oh, that'd be so awesome. And I've seen all of a sudden, as soon as you talk about talking to heaven, which is where your prayers go, as soon as you talk about that, all of a sudden it's just this relaxation and just this, the spirit comes over. Brothers and sisters, don't be in contentious issues with individuals. You don't have to argue the point of what's true, what's not. Brothers and sisters, if you speak the truth, the truth comes out and reveals itself. You don't have to. Here's the thing about lies. When people are lying, they have to get louder and they have to try to prove their point and then they have to lie on top of a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie in order for people to be to hear what they're saying, to be justified of what they're saying, which is all a lie anyway. And then they lose track of the lies that they've told or who they've told them to. And then they'll get caught in another one. But if you tell the truth, the truth is always the truth. It doesn't change. It's the same as it is with God. Here's the thing about this, this Bible, this word of God, the gospel of the Lord God Almighty, the good news of Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit from the front to the end. This is why it talks about the rule of faith. Regula Fidelic, to read the Bible from front to back and back to front and stay in it. Stay in it because you will always find his truth. Wherever you look in the Bible, you're going to find the truth. Now, the Old Testament is history, our history that we go back to. But you still find Jesus. You still find the truth. And the truth has been the same yesterday. Going to be the same today. And it's going to be tomorrow. If you speak truth. If you believe truth. If you share truth. And the truth comes from God. Now you have, on the other hand, you have the individual who preaches nothing but lies and deception, derisiveness and separation. And those individuals that follow that, ultimately, 
separate and fall apart. Brothers and sisters, stand boldly, courageously, and upright in the righteousness of the Lord God Almighty in his truth. Daniel, I think, is one of the... I keep going to that because it's a powerful example. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Zariah. They were thrown into a furnace because they would not bow to a false deity and they would not bow and they would not renounce God. Hashim. Yahweh. Jehovah. Ah, shalom. They would not renounce and they would not reject over a false deity. They were thrown in a fiery furnace. Ah, but then what happened in that? Did we not put three men in this furnace? And why, tell me, are there four? And the one is like unto the Son of God, whom incidentally I have never met, but I see him in that furnace that I had you throw them into anyway. And he's there, he's in there walking around. <clears throat> and I see that authority that comes with him. And then when they took out, Hananiah, Mishael, and Zariah. Their clothing was not singed. Their hair was not singed. They didn't even smell like the fire. They smelled clean when they were taken and put in. It was the same. That authority of the Lord surrounded them and kept them. And Nebuchadnezzar saw it himself. He hadn't met God, he hadn't met Jesus. Nowhere in the scripture does it say that he ever went to church or prayed with Daniel or the other three. And yet he recognized Jesus in there with them. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, have faith in God. In Isaiah 26, 3, talking about the mindset. And we will find Isaiah. He's sharing a very powerful word. And we can find it in 26.3. In Isaiah 26.3. Pardon me. Flipping over there. And Isaiah is speaking here in this point, talking to God. <clears throat> I'm going to share actually from chapter 26. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. Wow. Nava Yahweh. This is the truth of the word of God according to his way. And his way. By the spirit of God. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates. 
that the righteous nation, which keepeth truth, may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed in thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. So, brothers and sisters, as I continue, I got a little lengthy on that way. Um, it happens on occasion because the word of God is important. It's his truth and his knowledge and time shouldn't matter. To many it does. And here's a nice thing about this and, and why God allows this. And this is God's podcast. So I've already shared with you how this came about. But see, here's a nice thing. You have a pause. You don't have to sit down and listen to every single thing that I'm sharing and saying. That You can come back to it. <clears throat> so you can listen to it before work. You can listen to it while you're sitting down having a cup of coffee. And then when you come home, you can continue. Or... If you choose, you can just delete it. Because here's what I share with you again. This is God's truth, his knowledge and his wisdom that he's given to me to share. And that whatever you do is your choice. And it really doesn't matter because quite honestly, I'll be, I know it sounds contentious, but your validation doesn't matter. The validation that my God gives to me and that I am given to share his truth and his knowledge and wisdom, that's all that matters. So I don't need to have a glitzy suit and all the bling bling on my fingers and be standing and parading around on, a, on the stage. I mean, it would be nice to, to have a congregation to speak to and that would be okay, but that's God's will. If he wills that that happens someday in, in my age before I'm, I go home, then, then that's okay. And I mean, that would be awesome. Wow, but it's all his for his glory. Just like when Jesus went to do anything. It wasn't this blink mentality that have, and I, I share that uh, and I use that term, and I know that there's some that are might be offended by this, but that's okay. There's an individual that I read a book that he, that he wrote quite, oh man, this is a long time ago. I think I was still in, where was I? I can't even remember where I was. I think I was... I had just gotten out of the service or somewhere, but the book was called Blink. And it's an interesting aspect of what we do, but this is what we do. This is what we do to one another. We blink and we make these very snap decisions. And it was speaking of, of how we do things, that there are individuals that can do this and they're very adept and very good at it. And then there's other individuals that couldn't do it to save their life and they attempt it and they fall very short. But brothers and sisters, this is not a, this is not a practice. You have to practice. It's not a good practice. My perception is that you have to follow the word and in all things, try the spirit. And when you take that blink mentality and this has got nothing to do with the guy's book writing. It's got nothing to do with the author. This has only got to do with that mentality that he's talking about. So don't get your knickers all in a twist over that. What we have to do is we have to take pause. We have to take a moment. And there's throughout the scripture, it tells us to wait upon the Lord. 
and you have this thing I've shared with you. In that uh, the Great Commission, and there's many that talk about, you gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, 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 go. But remember what I also shared with you, and this comes from back in, this comes from historical times that they used to have uh, what they call, it's an old saying, don't go off half cocked. And explaining this is that back in history, there was a way to set your rifle. And when you had hunters would go out to go hunting, they would half cock the rifle. And in those days, they were uh, breech loaders or flintlocks. And if you pull the hammer back, which was what ignited the power and shoot the ball to go down range on it. So, and soldiers, when those were first introduced, <clears throat> you would half cock the rifle because you had it at the ready, but you weren't going to be able to shoot it because the mechanism wouldn't allow it to be shot. So if you pulled the trigger, even if you did it accidentally, you wouldn't fire off the gun. It was half cocked. It wasn't fully cocked so that it would be ready to shoot. So hence the old saying, don't go off half cocked. So when the Bible talks about this great commission that we're on, yeah, we are on a great commission to go out and share the word and share the truth and share that knowledge and wisdom that God's given for us to take off. But you also have directions that we were given that Jesus gave us and Jesus gave us this, and we can find that. We can find that in the end of Luke, actually. Um, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to share that with you. Pardon me, I'm flipping pages. I did not mark that. But if we go back and we hear what Jesus was telling, what Jesus spoke to us about, and he gave us this word. And we can find this in verse 49, actually. We can find that in 2449. And this is important. That Jesus is sharing with us at the witnessing and seeing of all these things. Well, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to digress a little bit further. That I'm actually going to go back into verse 44. And he said unto them, these are the words which I speak, spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it be who and thus it behoved Jesus to suffer and to rise from the dead this third day. And that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations our great commission, beginning at Jerusalem, which is where the Sanhedrin laid hands on Jesus and took him to that, their capital, which had become as an harlot, spoken of in books of the prophets. But they were there, they tried him, and then they 
paraded him out to Golgotha outside the city and crucified him, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send that promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. So right at his transfiguration is being taken back to heaven. He told them, he said, you wait. And remember, he told several important things. The Holy Spirit, he was going to make sure that the Holy Spirit came to comfort and lead and guide them and teach them and open up their minds to understanding and give them spiritual eyesight and spiritual hearing. And he gave that. But then he also, right before he was left, he said, just wait a little while. The, the Spirit's going to come. It's going to give you that power of his understanding. And it's going to give you that knowledge and wisdom to take, and then you can go do it. And in the Acts of the Apostles, that before they left... And this is also um, this is also uh, an analysis of that which we are given the great commission that we're out to go out as missionaries. I'm gonna share. I'm gonna start in chapter one, verse one. The former treatises have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them for 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. The Holy Ghost is an important aspect of what we do, brothers and sisters. And I got a little lengthy about the things that I was sharing, but this is the important, the importance of the truth, the knowledge and the word of God comes through the Holy Spirit. And we need to share that truth. We need to share that word, but that needs to come from the Holy Spirit and it's not of self. And there are many out there who are not 
spiritually driven, they're self-driven. And I've shared with you also that those that talk about this self-help gurus that can help you a lot, oh, these self-help gurus are going to be great for you. And, and they're Christian. Oh, yeah, they're Christian, but they're teaching contrary teaching. Contrary, there's forward speaking. They're actually telling you to be contrary to the word of God, the Bible, and that you can do it on your own. Self-help, self-strength, and be all by yourself, that you can do it on your own. Well, see, I have a problem with that because that's contrary, totally contrary to what the Bible teaches, that we run to him, our strong tower and our strength, and that we he is our shield, he is our guide, he is our strength. And Jesus told us when he before he left, he said, I have to go and prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you so. And right when he said that, he said, but I will, but I will, I will send a comforter. I will send, have my father send it, and he will teach you, he will lead you, and he will guide you. Jesus didn't say, okay, I got to head to the house now, and I got to, I got to get your... I got to get everything where you're going to be hanging, you're going to be staying, you're going to be uh, residing with me. You got to get your apartment set up and I got to go do that. But you're going to be okay on your own. You can do this by yourself. It's okay. Just be strong. And he didn't give him the, the power fist thing and give him the air bump or anything. It wasn't like that. No. He said, I have to go and prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would have told you so. But I will send another. I will have my father to send a comforter to you, for you, lead you, to help you so you're not confused, to open your eyes so that you can see, for you to hear and not be confused by what is said. He will teach you, guide you, and give you understanding. Jesus promised all this. And then he left. And then he also, <clears throat> before he left, he was telling him to, to wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come and lead you, guide you, and teach you. And give you understanding. <clears throat> because if they took off and they left half-cocked, they weren't ready. They were going to go out and they weren't going to understand because this is a problem that they already had when they were yet disciples and they were still trying to learn. They went out and they were wondering why they couldn't do what they were doing because they weren't quite ready. I think that was a training session that Jesus gave to them and they, they learned something through that. And this is what the Lord does with us. So this is part two of what I shared earlier. Yes, I get a little lengthy sometimes, but it's the word of God. And I'm not concerned about time constraints and like I shared with you already. If you choose to not listen and you just delete, that's entirely up to you. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care because God's validation and what I get from Abba Yahweh, Yeshua, my Jesus, my Lord, my King, and from Paracletos, my guide and my strength and my understanding. That's all the validation I need. That's all the validation I need. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers daily for your uprightness, your boldness, your courage, your strength to be in the word, to share the truth and to be that. And it's, it's a fairly daunting task because there are many out there in this plane of existence that we're in, they choose and prefer lies over truth. 
So we are going to have a hard time. Be strong, be bold, be courageous, upright in his. And I pray every day for you.